what is it about people that we don't like to hear nice things about ourselves? It's easy for us to accept the negative things, but somehow when somebody says something nice, we don't want to hear it and we don't accept it. Today, it's all about those lovely compliments. I'm Sarah Heitner, president of Bottom Line Inc., the number one provider of expert sourced, expert vetted, expert advice that empowers your life. And I'm thrilled to be talking today to Susie Pelegi Powelski, Master of Applied Positive Psychology and co-author of the book, Happy Together, Using the Science of Positive Psychology to Build Love That Lasts. Susie specializes in the science of happiness and its effects on relationships and health. She and her husband, James, have traveled the world giving romance and research workshops, helping individuals learn to connect the head and the heart. You can learn about, more about Susie's work and how to have better relationships at buildhappytogether.com. Welcome, Susie. Thank you for solving the mystery with me today. Thank you, Sarah. I'm so excited to talk with you today. So it's really crazy. And I, you know, when you and I spoke a few weeks ago, I am an absolute poster child for this in terms of not being able to accept a compliment. So let's figure out, it's so crazy because gratitude is such a big buzzword and it's been shown to have so many health benefits. And yet accepting gratitude, we all have a very big problem with it. So what is going on? That is so true. I mean, we hear about gratitude and that it's so important and we might be trying to express it, which is great, but receiving it is best important. But it seems that so many people have difficulty with it. And I really think it comes down to vulnerability becoming a big issue. Vulnerable to what? Well, but if there is it afraid, is it afraid to be seen, or is it afraid to admit to our deep dark shadows? Right. I mean, because I, you're. I think cop- it can be both. I think it's when you're really seen that you're seen for all of you, the good stuff and your insecurities. Maybe your shadows, like you said, is being seen. It's not putting on an act. It's kind of letting it all hang out. Who we are, our innermost, you know, being. But somewhere though, so why do we all feel so crappy? Why would people feel why, like there are so many great things? So I love, there was a great line in the movie Pretty Woman when Julia Roberts and Richard Gere are talking about her past. And I don't know if anyone that hasn't seen the movie Pretty Woman, Julia Roberts is a prostitute. Richard Gere is a big successful businessman who's now hired her for the week. And she's talking about all the struggles that she had. And he says to her, you're an amazing woman. And she says, the bad stuff is easier to believe. So what is it that's inside of us that I was going to say that has us obsessed with the bad stuff and the vulnerable side of it versus being able really, you know, as I didn't, it comes down to this, a a self-confidence and a belief in ourselves and this inundation with negative messaging. Insecure about it often. 
So you mentioned kind of what I'll call the Puritan humility, you know, that the, the kind of Puritan work ethic of, you know, pride is one of the seven deadly sins and that, you know, that we've all been kind of taught when young to be, to have a level of humility. Where's the fine line? Like, how do we help kids learn about the fine line between humble, you know, not being excessively prideful, but again, this feeling and, and ability to be proud of yourself? Definitely. I think when it's something authentic, you know, teaching our kids and one another, when it's something you achieved and you put a lot of work and effort into it, and you should feel proud and be able to accept that. But I think in this time and age and with our pop culture today, a lot of the, you know, kind of narcissistic focus on ourselves that we might see in the media or on television, um, you know, with all these selfies and how I'm looking today, on the superficial side of it, that's not healthy. But something we really worked on and an accomplishment, we should be able to relish and feel good, you know, about our efforts. So there's a funny thing that's going on that I was just talking with my the my production team here about this this tendency of there's this new thing what I'll call success shaming going on societally. That is that are people going to be more at risk as those who are successful are made to feel guilty for their success, whether they've been successful economically or in any other way. Sorry, success shaming. There's something going on environmentally where successful people, especially economically successful people, are now being accused of of being greedy, evil, whatever it is. That there's a a cultural in this political environment of haves and haves nots that and the and the cultural divide, political divide, where the again the successful the economically successful people are being shamed for their success yeah i think that's really sad um definitely i see a lot of that and it's as if i talk about my successes um then that person who maybe is not you know succeeding economically um or financially as if i'm putting him or her down and i think it shouldn't be that way, and I mean, we can have compassion and we should for others, but we shouldn't have to hide our talents or our achievements. I think as long as um, we're not boastful about it and it comes from honest hard work, uh, we should be able to uh, really appreciate that and accept um, gratitude from others when it's something that we've done honestly. Yeah. Agree. It's it really. It's, it's such an interesting. I'm sitting here going, which way do I want this conversation to go? Because it's such a conflict of the feeling guilty for success. It's a conflict of being proud of ourselves. You get into the school environment where everybody gets now participation awards because they don't want anyone to feel bad. And yet there are those that say psychologists that say that the more that you don't let children fight their fights and and I don't mean fights on the schoolyard I mean to to face challenge and then overcome it their esteem gets lower so like how much of how much of compliments and not being able to accept compliments is wrapped in a low self-esteem which is pervasive in this culture I think a lot of it's low self-esteem and it's also to your point you know trying to have an even playing field and with kids that you just brought up it's interesting my husband and I were just at a uh, special 
tell our top athletes, oh, you know, don't be the best uh, quarterback or don't be the best soccer player for fear of those other um, folks who aren't doing as well. So I think it's something we have to really be careful of, especially with teaching the young kids today, whether it's academic gifts, sports gifts, or, you know, just accepting um, praise and compliments for work done well. Uh, we should be able to do that, and we should help build, um, you know, healthy esteem in everybody. It's interesting. I'm trying to remember if I ever taught my kids how to accept a compliment. I don't think I ever had a conversation with them about that. You know, somebody says, Grandpa says, oh, you look nice or, you know, nice job. And you say, well, say thank you. But I'm not sure I've ever had a conversation. Like, is is teaching children about accepting praise a skill that we need to do? You know, we tell them to we there's always the don't you feel proud right there's the mom's proud of you and then there's the but it's not about mom feeling proud you should feel proud of yourself so there's all those kind of um different messages that we give to kids but do we need to is this a skill or a or an emotion that needs to be taught from the start and we haven't been doing that for young people Which kind of leads back to the children, whether or not they in their soul believe in themselves and believe that it's true. And maybe it is natural or not natural. They can't help how they look. If you say to some kid, you're so pretty. So my daughter, when she was little, she had this fabulous hair and people would come across the room to tell her how pretty she was or how beautiful her hair was. She didn't know what to do with that because it's like, well, I didn't do anything to that. Like, Get out of my face, basically, was where she was on it versus... How did I do on my dance or how did I do in something, as you said, that I have developed the skill in and worked hard at? Yeah, you know, mom or dad um, was 
praising me about the effort I put into my schoolwork, maybe, and, you know, algebra was hard in the beginning, but I really practiced each night, and I did better. So I can feel good about that, and I think it's easier to receive that sort of praise for things that you've worked on um, than something that just comes by easy for you. Yeah, which is interesting, and we're going to talk in just a minute about how to accept praise, but it's really interesting, yes, depending on what the compliment is and whether you honestly believe that you deserve praise for it or not. Um, let me ask you this. This is always one of my pet things. Men versus women, boys versus girls. Is there a difference in their ability to receive a compliment? I think growing up, probably for girls, it's probably a little harder because we're taught, unfortunately, socially, you know, kind of be a nice girl and be sweet and don't put the spotlight on you, be nice to other people. Um, I think women are socialized a little differently. Uh, I think that's changing now. So I think it's probably a little more difficult for women, or I should say young girls, than it is for boys. Okay, interesting. All right, let's talk about, you have you have three defensive techniques that you say that people use when they receive compliments. So let's talk about those. We'll move, we'll move into the action-oriented part of this program now. <laughs> um, so let's talk about the three, the three defensive techniques. You talk about people deflecting them. So explain that one. Yes, that's very common. That's where you communicate that you might be annoyed or you're really not interested in what the person's saying and you just brush off the compliment like you would maybe a fly or a crumb from your shirt and you go back to doing what you were doing originally. So give me an example. So you might say to me, oh, I really enjoyed that article you wrote. And oh, no big deal. When I go back to, you know, talking about something else, kind of ignoring you, changing the subject. And what's the impact that has not only on the individual who receives it, but on the on the complimenter? Well, the complimenter feels pretty crummy, like he or she's being ignored, uh, that, there's, that you're not interested in engaging with them, uh, that you think, uh, you know, they're wrong, that they're seeing something that you don't see at all. And it really just shuts them down. And then makes them fearful of giving compliments again in the future? Or does it affect affect exactly, your relationship? Exactly. And if I'm paying you a compliment right. and you're changing the subject, ignoring me, or seem, uh, seeming just annoyed, uh, me seeming annoyed by you saying that, you're not going to talk to me. You're going to shut down. Uh, we see gratitude like a dance. Uh, we, meaning James and my husband, you know, wrote about gratitude in the book. We see this a dance, and you're asking me, like, to a dance, and I'm kind of blowing you off. And the interaction just shuts down. It's just one-sided. Well, and exactly, and giving a compliment, it's a way of connecting. So that the, and so that by deflecting it or some of these other things that we'll talk about in a moment, reciprocating or discounting, that it it puts a puts a wedge in that relationship. It prevents you from getting close to somebody. All right, so let's talk about reciprocating. So reciprocating, you pay me a compliment, and I feel that I have to immediately pay you back. We like to call that the hot potato response because it reminds us of the childhood game where, you know, you throw the ball and the other person immediately has to throw it back before they get burned. Um, so somebody feels often in debt for the other person, and they don't want to be in debt, so they immediately, you know, the other person back with a compliment of their own. 
again, I'll ask, is are men versus women more prone to reciprocation versus deflection versus, we'll talk about discounting in a minute. I think they both do it. I mean, it's a very transactional, though. Yeah. I think um, it comes back to vulnerability again. So think of a transaction. You know, you make a transaction, the other person makes a transaction, as opposed to interaction, where you're really connecting, you're going deeper. It's very superficial. Um, I think both men and women are guilty of uh, reciprocating a lot. Yeah. And now, again, there's certain contexts. You're like at a cocktail party and you're paying someone a compliment about their dress and they say something like, like your shoes, that's very different. But, you know, in a personal relationship, intimate relationship or close friends, um, it's not a great way to, you know, become closer. So how about this deflection thing, which or discounting thing, which I am the biggest <laughs> I'm, I'm so guilty of this especially when it comes you you talk about your cooking you know, when you cook same thing for me like every time i cook someone says something good i am so critical of anything that ever comes out of my kitchen so, so where does that come from you tell me why, why do you respond that way um i'm not a confident cook i honestly am not certain that i deserve the compliment why do you do it <laughs> and of it where you're so there's so many ways to play these things right because there's the part where you could go maybe they're really playing the game that they want you to fawn over them even more oh no 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 it really is great right is there is there ever that aspect of this discounting behavior You're never going to be happy. It's never going to satisfy you that you're going to really be at peace for it. I never am. <laughs> and then if they don't eat the leftovers the next day, forget it. You told me you liked it, and now you really hate it because you didn't eat it the next day. You lied to me yesterday. <laughs> I can go down such a dark tunnel on that. I think you have to trust you're talking to your partner or somebody close with you with discounting. Imagine if you're on the other side, how you're feeling. If you're complimenting, you know, your partner about something great he did and he's doubting you. So I think putting ourselves in the other person's shoes and imagining how they're feeling with uh, a litany of shortcomings, negativity, you know, why something isn't as good as it could be. Uh, they said this because they're enjoying something and it's, again, it's an opportunity to connect and by us responding why all you know the dinner could be much better we're 
that they had no, you know, grounds in the first place for, you know, paying us this compliment. That's so we're a, making them feel worse. That is maybe, a maybe that, that'll help with your response in the future. <laughs> that is a great point. It's it's not often that someone gets me to stop and pause, but that really has me stopping and pausing. That's huge. Um, how about type A personalities? Are they more prone to things like discounting and deflecting? So, you know, all those perfectionists out there. I think so. I think so. Because what's the definition of a perfectionist? It's never good enough. So if you're setting the bar higher and higher in your cooking skills or whatever that talent might be, you're not accepting yourself and, you know, the good traits you have. How can others say? I think it all comes back to self-reflection. And I think if we're not feeling good enough for ourselves. How can we feel good enough from our partners and really um, believing that they're authentic in their appreciation of us? And do you teach people to become aware of these behaviors? Because so many people, they're not even conscious of how much they discount or deflect a compliment. And the more, the, the more you can become aware of it, then that's kind of the first step in changing and learning to accept. Speaking of health, so let's talk about health for a second. So I mentioned at the open that you know one of the big trends now is for everybody the gratitude, gratitude, right? So you give all your gratitude, and that's incredibly beneficial to your health. Um, taking a compliment similarly healthful. Which then, if you can actually believe and take in a compliment, would be able to also reinforce those same things. Definitely. So think about just love. I mean, if there's somebody's expressing love to you right. that you can't really take it in, uh, you're not receiving the love. So you can be around the most loving friend, partner, um, and you're not receiving it. It's there, but it's not really permeating in you, and you're not getting the benefits. So it's important to express gratitude and to receive gratitude. And I think receiving gratitude probably, in fact, even a little harder than expecting it. Well, again, go back to you have to really believe it. I know Louise Hay and others are big fans of affirmations, which is another form of this, right? So that an affirmation is a positive statement about yourself. So, right, and it's very difficult. Louise Hay will have you stand in front of the mirror, literally look in the mirror and say, I love you. And it's really hard for people to do that and to make positive statements about themselves. And get, you know, learning to accept affirmations from yourself or from others, as you say, is so important to esteem and self-worth and everything else. Definitely. I think so many people focus on other people, and it's good to, you know, help other people and be grateful and be loving. But if you can't feel that way about yourself, you're never really going to be in a mutually satisfying, uh, healthy relationship. Um, so many people overly focus on other people and put themselves last and we found that you know they get into these relationships that fall apart 
mainly because of that. Well, and the interesting thing is that it's not satisfying to be in a relationship with somebody who doesn't believe in themselves. If they're forever giving, 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 it's a, uh, oddly, that's a little wearing in a relationship. You want You want someone Definitely. who... who it's not interactional. If one person giving, um, again, we said that relationship and gratitude is a dance. It's both people giving and receiving and interactional and being interdependent, helping one another. And, you know, sometimes you're leaning more on the one person during uh, certain times. But at the end of the day, it should really be uh, collaborative. Oh, sorry. I thought it sounded like you had more going on in your sentence. (laughs) I apologize. All right. So let's talk about what do you do? How do you teach people to learn to accept a compliment? Yeah. So simply the first step is just to accept, say thank you, an authentic, heartfelt thank you, and look the person in their eyes. Don't brush it off. And what if you're not comfortable with it? Do you teach people to just fake it till they make it? Yeah, and it's really important also to, as you say, to take it in. You know, b- back in the beginning when we were talking about the people that, that kind of deflect a compliment, they're not even listening. Nice shirt, nice shoes, right? Good dinner. Well, you know, good dinner, nice, you know, thanks for bringing the hors d'oeuvres. That to actually say thank you and then to really hear it and listen and reflect on it is a multi-stepped, takes time, takes effort process. And then also not only stopping, but again, back to, do you think you deserve it? Right? Oh, you know, rationally speaking, sometimes, you know, I'll I'll turn around on my kids when they complain or they're, you know, they're getting self-critical. And I say, if you were giving yourself advice on this, what would you be telling to yourself? So take your emotions, take your fears out of it and your insecurities. Rationally speaking, was that by any measure a good dinner? Right? Was the steak overcooked or not? Was there nice flavoring or not? Did the plate look appealing or not? Like rationally speaking, so that you get your own crazy town out of it. I think that's terrific. I think that's great. And that you may even want to replace yourself with your best friend until you get comfortable and saying, you know, what would you tell your best friend if he or she made that for you? Um, maybe you can be a little more objective and take you out of it for a second if that's easier way to accept um Yeah, but learning to accept that and taking that time. It it is practice. Everything's practice. How about amplification? Yeah, so the next step, you really savor it and pause, feel those feelings when your husband or friend pays you a compliment, and then express that. Use this as an opportunity to really communicate to your partner or whoever's praising you how that makes you feel. You might just say, wow, thank you for telling me that makes me feel really good. You know, I put a lot of time and effort into cooking that meal, and I enjoy it. And when you tell me uh, how great the dinner is, it makes me feel good. And now you're having, you know, upward spiral of positive emotions here, and you're really connecting. 
Yeah, and I think it's important too to to allow the savor and the time. People are really uncomfortable with silence. So someone gives you a compliment and you feel like you're obliged to respond right away versus to allow the time to savor it and ponder it. And they won't think that you're ignoring them that because they can see you really processing for a moment. It's okay to take a moment before you respond. Is that true? Absolutely. We're rushing so much these days, uh, trying to juggle so many things, and we're really missing those moments of connection. So I think pausing and processing what was said and what you're feeling is so important. Yeah, and we really, I, I remind myself regularly, rest is part of the music. Right, it really, <laughs> you need those rests in the music. All right, and how about advance? Your third, your third tactic is something called advancing. Right, so that's taking it even um, uh, deeper. And this is where you can engage in questions and ask your, um, you know, ask your partner what was it, let's use the dinner again, since uh, you and I uh, relate to that. What was it about the meal that you really enjoyed? Was it a particular flavor? Was it the kind of food? And this may sound kind of like silly, well, I don't want to ask these questions, but it really gives you an opportunity to connect on another level and have a conversation, you know, about your joys and what your likes and dislikes. And we found, like in our own personal relationship, my husband and me, when we do this, we end up talking about things that, you know, we never even planned to talk about. So, and so this is so funny, though, because now this cycles all the way back to that feeling of humility. Right, so stop it some more, right? So you give me a compliment and now I want more about it. So it's there's an awkwardness, like how do you really ask that question of tell me more? Well, we like to use this metaphor with this three steps. We feel that when you just simply accept it, that's a great start. That's kind of like opening a door to a genuine connection with your partner. And then the next step, amplification is like take it in the view. And finally, advancement is like walking through the door and exploring really new possibilities for an even deeper communication and connection and greater insights. So not worrying about, um, am I, you know, being humble, but just really trying to find the opportunity to connect on a deeper level, if you think about it that way. And again, authentic. I'm not begging for you to compliment me and tell me all the great things. If I want to learn about you. What is it about the meal that you enjoy? So put the attention on your partner, not on yourself. Yeah, I think actually it's interesting. So, you know, the, people think of a compliment if merely something nice that got said to somebody, right? But based on your learning and what you're saying, a compliment is the opening of such a deeper connection in both directions and a connection for yourself. If you can learn to accept that compliment, you can you have a better better sense of your own emotional stability and openness it opens the door to connection with whoever it is that you're you're have a relationship with and to expand that relationship in a whole other direction definitely and i think if you think about it that way that's why i like this metaphor with the door then you realize at many moments when somebody's expressing a compliment and i'm not comfortable for whatever reason it's basically like closing the door even if it's unintentional slamming the door in someone's face they're putting their hand out and, you know, they're reaching out to you and you're just shutting them out of your life. So I think by thinking it that way, realizing it's an invitation. That's, That's great. invitations from others to get to know them better. 
That sounds great. All right. Any last advice that you have to help people be proud of themselves and and open to receiving these compliments and relationships? I think being authentic and genuine and really, uh, you know, feeling it in your heart. I think if you're focused in your heart and it's heartfelt, you don't have to worry about, um, you know, the humility aspect or I'm being a bragger. But really just, in your words, take a moment to pause and stop. Don't fear All right. Thank you so much. Susie Pelegi Powelski, your website, buildhappytogether.com. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. This is really fun. I enjoyed speaking with you. I'm talking to Susie Pelegi Powelski, co author of Happy Together Using the Science of Positive Psychology to Build Love That Lasts, about our insane inability to accept a compliment. As an expert in the science of happiness, Susie understands the critical connection between happiness, human connection, emotional health, and physical health. She's just one of the thousands of experts featured in our twice-monthly newsletter, Bottom Line Personal, who provide their expert advice to guide readers into action in their own lives. In addition to Susie's wisdom regarding improving relationships of all kinds, Bottom Line Personal is filled with actionable advice on every aspect of your life, including disease prevention, traveling safer and cheaper, finding the best insurance for your home and your car, retirement planning, smart tax strategies, and even how to get a great deal on a new or used car. Bottom Line has been helping people lead more informed and vibrant lives for over 40 years with our actionable and double fact-checked advice. Subscribe today and get a free bonus book, Bottom Line's Best Bets, full of some of the greatest tips from our experts of all time. Just go to bottomlineinc.com forward slash BLP. That's bottomlineinc.com forward slash BLP.